0: Welcome to Searching for the Question live. This is episode 24. My name is David Orban, and I am very glad to have you on the show. Before we start, I want to remind you that even if we are live, you can always watch past episodes, both on Facebook and on YouTube. And of course, on YouTube, you can also subscribe to the channel. Uh, we also have a Discord community, and I invite you to join on davidorban.com Discord. And finally, if you find the show valuable, as well as the other content that I produce and the knowledge that I share, you are welcome to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com davidorban David Orban. The title of the show today is Making the Singularity Investable, And, of course, we will define uh, what does that even mean. Uh, Our guest is uh, Evelyn Flugi. Uh, Evelyn is uh, co-founder and CEO of the Singularity Group, an exponential innovation investment advisor based in Zurich, Switzerland, uh, and the owner uh, of the Singularity Index and the initiator of the Singularity Fund. Uh, Previously, Evelyn was Portfolio Manager and Analyst at GAM Investment Management in Zurich and at Capital Research Global Investors in Los Angeles and London. She holds a Master's in Food Science, Engineering, Biotechnology, Biochemistry, Process Engineering, summa cum laude, from the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich. And you can find her and the Singularity Group on singularity-group.com. And on Twitter as join singularity, Evelyn. Welcome to searching for the question live.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
0: So one of the things that uh, we used to do uh, on the show, uh, as we as we start, and of course uh, these uh, traditions go way way back, like to yesterday, uh, <laughs> is is to actually connect uh, the guests to each other. Yesterday we were in uh, Beijing, China, uh, on practically the other side uh, of the world as we were talking to uh, Peter Crosby about his uh, experiences uh, uh, in uh, what used to be the first uh, uh, place uh, in in, in lockdown or one of the first places in lockdown and uh, today we come back to, to Europe in the middle of europe uh, switzerland the the neutral country independent <clears throat> for the past uh, several hundreds of years if not a thousand or forever and uh, you are in in zurich so let's start uh, with with that uh, tell me how is it uh, in zurich with regards to the pandemic are people in panic are people relaxed about it is there a lockdown how serious it is
1: yes um i would say in zurich and i can only speak for the the area that i've been i've confined myself to uh, in terms of the feeling that i get um so the swiss government has advised actually on a lockdown so they've given kind of a an advice or not really softer rules actually in terms of how to behave in this situation uh, um speaking to the solidarity um, uh, of everyone um, asking people to travel less and to, to stay at home, basically. And, and they've put um, quite some efforts into that. And I think also some, some financial incentives for companies and, and entities and people that are affected by that. Um, so that's a summary. Um, in Zurich, I have to say, I think it's changing. So there, there was a time where I felt more of the fear and where people were reacting uh, more cautiously, I would say that was staying, staying at home, and you wouldn't see too much going on. I have to say, over Easter, parts of Zurich, especially kind of uh, the co-op or Migros, where people go shopping for food, were actually um, uh, from the outside, from what I could see, uh, reasonably full. So, I think there are different parts of Switzerland that I'm in touch with people with are affected differently. So. There are some areas, uh, such as Basel, I think, uh, uh, that closer to the Italian part, the Ticino, where people are staying at home more because I think they're affected more, They're people closer to uh, themselves, um, having gone through maybe being infected or, or, or even worse, uh, dying from this. So I think uh, in Zurich, I have to say, the community here seems to feel this less from, from what I've been exposed to
0: and uh, of course uh, it is part of the uh, um, the unknown uh, around uh, this uh, epidemic and pandemic why certain areas are so heavily impacted like italy and spain why others uh, like uh, sweden seem to do quite fine and uh, singapore for example which uh, appeared to be managing very well for a long time is now teetering on imposing stricter lockdown measures because they believe they are losing the grip uh, Mm -hmm. on their own ability to control the the epidemic. And of course, uh, it is just one period, Um, obviously terrible for those who fell sick and die, and for the healthcare system and the healthcare workers that are exposed to incredible stress and strain. in places like the United States, which uh, has uh, captured, uh, I don't think uh, in, a, in an excessive uh, bout of uh, American exceptionalism, uh, the first place in this uh, really sad uh, tournament. But uh, we are um, invited on a daily basis to understand also what are the consequences uh, of uh, the pandemic in our own uh, personal lives, but also in the, the lives of um, our, uh, our communities and in the business environment as well as uh, society at large. So I'm, I'm sure uh, we will have the, the chance of, uh, of uh, talking uh, more about that uh, as well. Uh, and uh, we have uh, the, the privilege uh, of, of having uh, many viewers, And viewers who are actively asking uh, questions or making remarks, like Emiliano uh, remarking on the electro seagull of our intro music, or uh, Mr. Khan uh, from uh, Pakistan, I believe, uh, because we have many viewers uh, there, who would like to talk about what are the business opportunities. And definitely, um, we will not only talk in the abstract but uh, we will try to give an understanding to to people of what can they do after listening to us uh, today Mm. so let's start with um, with you uh, Eveline your past experiences uh, and how did you uh, come to do what you do what you do today
1: oh Um, I guess, I mean, uh, you can never paint the full picture, but uh, I was a student of uh, science and mainly in the food field and uh, realized from much of the work that was done there that often what the... I'm very passionate about uh, how food affects uh, everything that that we do, our health, but also the world. And I realized actually that the food industry does have quite some power. but isn't always doing the thing that you would expect it to do in terms of health. And um, so, one reason that I felt it was necessary to understand a little bit more uh, the the financial angle of things was that uh, many things in the world happen uh, for economic reasons, and uh, where money goes, things happen, not always, but, but more often. And uh, so I ended up in the finance industry mainly because I got an offer from Capital Group to to move to LA to learn more about finance as a non-financial background person, Um, but ended up doing this here at the Singularity Group by combining forces with my co-founder Tobias Reichmut, who similarly to me believes that uh, technology happens everywhere in the world and, and innovation is the future and is what, what drives us to, to a better place and is the solution for, for many of the world's problems. And so what, what we decided to do is tackle, try to do something a little differently than the, the rest of the financial industry, which is try to understand how technology and innovation can create value across every industry and every sector, rather than just the tech sector and uh, so, that was the beginning of of a thought process, I guess, on on how to how to better understand how technologies create value, and um, how and, to and and
0: and of course, the uh, the name uh, Singularity Group uh, uh, it, it gets its inspiration. Uh, uh, from the work of uh, Ray Kurzweil uh, and uh, his books around the technological singularity. So, it is maybe worth uh, for us uh, to, to define uh, what the technological singularity is uh, for, for our viewers, which is a hypothetical uh, point in the future when uh, artificial intelligence will be able to improve itself and it will become a defining factor in the further advancement of uh, human uh, civilization. At yep. that point, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, a hybrid human-machine uh, civilization. And mm-hmm. uh, Ray put that uh, hypothetically, uh, or or he expects it, based on his uh, uh, analysis, to be uh, around 2035, when the first uh, AIs are going to be Um, human intelligence uh, equivalent and at 2045 uh, when traditionally uh, the the date for the the technological singularity has been uh, put uh, that uh, intelligence would be available four thousand dollars what we are paying uh, today uh, for our for our mobile phones and what is interesting is that Ray actually revised his numbers and he um, uh, redid his calculations so the twenty thirty five has been brought forward to twenty twenty eight uh, according to his own uh, views now um uh, uh, from ray's experience and book and his meeting with peter diamandis uh, the singularity university uh, has been born over 10 years ago um, that uh, i was also uh, part of as as uh, the the group of people who uh, originally designed it and i am also an investor uh, an advisor and a member of the faculty full disclosure uh, I'm also uh, on the board of uh, the Singularity Group and a shareholder uh, so uh, let's let's make sure that uh, that is uh, transparent uh, as well. Um now uh, you look at all these things however you don't wait and and your company doesn't want uh, your investors uh, to 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 wait for another 25 years. So how do you connect the uh, ability of technology to profoundly change the world with the need for businesses to generate value based on those principles already today?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Simply put, we only invest in companies that apply technologies already and are already creating value. That is opposed to you think about it, investing in early stages of technologies where they're not uh, yet able to be applied. So we look for any phase of a technology that is already applicable, that is already creating value, and try to understand how technologies create value. And in the second uh, derivative, try to understand how that shows up in companies' business models. And so with that, actually, I mean, the investment horizon if you will that we aim for i'm an investor in the singularity fund as well Is more like a five or ten year ideally a long-term investment because things keep happening but by investing in companies that uh currently are already creating value and that are already making revenues with new technologies relevant technologies um you know you should be able to to create some returns within a a one-year time frame and that's that's what we try to do not saying anything else is the, the wrong way to do it, but we're just better at identifying it this way than than other people are, uh, are better at identifying it earlier, I guess. And
0: so, let's uh, define some basic terms because uh, maybe uh, some of our viewers uh, are investment professionals and they are perfectly familiar with what is a stock market index and what is uh, an investment fund, but actually it could be worth uh, starting from that. So, uh, the, the, the Singularity Group uh, owns uh, the Singularity Index, which uh, is also marketed uh, through NASDAQ. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and uh, NASDAQ, uh, very cool. I, I, I will ask you uh, who came up. It, was it them or was it you? Uh, because they call the index uh, the NASDAQ Singularity Index and the, the, the symbol is NQ2045. So, yeah. I, I, I think that's marvellous. Uh, who, who was it in the negotiations? Was it them or was it you?
1: Well, I mean, it, the, all of it, the Nasdaq Singularity Index is a joint effort um, that we created with Nasdaq. Um, and uh, I think uh, we told them what the singularity was about, uh, what our thought process was about. And they, actually an analyst on the team that worked with us, came up with, uh, with NPU, is, uh, basically the, what has to be in front of every Nasdaq Index. And the 2045 at the time was, like you said, uh, Ray Kurzweil's prediction. <laughs> seems like we, we should have made it um, adaptable also, the name of the index or the code.
0: So, so what is a, a stock market index?
1: Nah. Um, it's basically, a, I'm talking about equity uh, indexes now, for, for our purposes, it's, it's a way to... If you
0: prefer, we can read the Wikipedia definition.
1: We can do that as well. Um, I mean, we, we created an index that is supposed to describe or, or show people a, a, a host of uh, a collection of companies weighted in a certain way that um, are exposed to or benefit from a certain condition. And that's why we called it the Singularity Index, right? But there are c- country indexes that basically Expose you to uh, economic value creation within a company, uh, country, and the same goes for sectors and thematic
0: indexes. And uh, and uh, as you said before, uh, in order to be part of the uh, the index, a company has to be able to uh, to show to your analysts mm. that they are generating revenue based on uh, certain technologies yeah. today that it is not something that uh, they are investing in so that maybe in a year's time or five years time that mm-hmm. investment will generate uh, revenues but it is already happening
1: yes exactly i mean that goes can back you to- can you make
0: a few examples of uh, what are companies that that based on this are or would be in the index and others that, that are not
1: Yes. um, To clarify, you know, most of the companies that are in the index are also investing in new technologies. So they're not only generating revenue. Usually when you've already started to generate revenue, you're probably reinvesting um, some of the value created um, into these technologies. But I think, um, you know, some examples would be a, a company called Adidas that a lot of people know that produce shoes and sportswear. Um, that is not only investing in new technologies such as robotics, AI, 3D printing, uh, material, uh, recycled material, but actually has already started to create revenue from that. And that means that the company is already, when you think about technologies and investing, usually when a new phase of a technology happens, a lot of money gets spent and that is cash outflow. And after a while, sometimes, and not always, and often not, um, revenue gets created and with that value gets created. And the reason we wait for revenue is basically we want to wait for uh, the proof that a business model is able to move invested money into their business model and create uh, create revenues. Uh, And the second thing that we prove with that is that a technology is viable, that it it can happen. And it's not just a, a dream or an
0: idea? Yeah, so obviously a company that is innovative and that thanks to that innovation has started generating revenues would be crazy to say, okay, we are done. We don't need to innovate anymore. We don't need to do any R&D. They cannot uh, uh, sit on their laurels. Uh, okay. That is the very definition of innovation that uh, it it starts uh, as an exclusive uh, idea implemented in a product or a service but even if it is protected through patents uh, and industrial secrets and and whatever other means it definitely tends to spread out and that is fantastic news for consumers and society because it means that regardless of who the original inventor was Uh, Many, many more people benefit than not just the group that uh, is able to leverage it uh, uh, initially. But the consequence is that no innovation uh, can be an end uh, result uh, of a process that stops, but it is the intermediary stepping stone for further efforts in research and development and in additional innovation implemented in future products and and, and services. Mm. And the companies that uh, have uh, stopped believing in in future innovation uh, failed, Uh, whether it is uh, the classical example of Kodak uh, that uh, didn't believe in digital cameras, even if they invented it or Nokia, that uh, thought that a thousand different models for every niche market, each with its own uh, feature set and keyboards and, and uh, form factor would be the, the future. And they were ridiculing uh, uh, Apple coming out with just a single model mm-hmm. for everybody that didn't even have a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and of course, these are now examples uh, of, of companies that used to be very innovative and, and, they, and they stopped that. Um yeah. so when yeah, w- you
1: mentioned, uh, David, you know, you said that obviously companies that have already managed to move a technology into the business model, they won't stop and they'll continue to invest. But actually, that's not so true. You know, there's there are all, quite a few also tech companies that did embark on a new technology that at the time was new, um, but didn't move into the next phase of it uh, and didn't continue to innovate. So. We're well, they they kind of couldn't, problem.
0: right? It's yeah. not that they didn't want to; they were unable or or they couldn't yeah. embrace it. And and I'm not saying that any of this is easy, right? Um, yeah. Look at Google. Uh, all of us uh, uh, look at Google as an example of of radical innovation, constant innovation. But yeah. how many times they tried to create a social network, uh, and they they failed all of the times. So, uh, many of uh, our viewers will not remember google buzz or google wave or google um, uh, what was the one in brazil they had something that was absolutely dominating in brazil uh, and in in some other countries was quite successful um, and then of course the latest efforts which is google plus probably the the biggest uh, uh, failure of all because they, they tried to force it to people by integrating it uh, in other uh, products of theirs. Like uh, for a time, you couldn't sign up uh, on YouTube if you didn't have a Google, uh, Google Plus uh, account. Mm-hmm. And, and all of the comments uh, were with the plus sign rather than the at sign. But uh, at the end, it, it just didn't work and they closed it down. And we mm-hmm. still have many websites with the default uh, social... Uh, media icon bar uh, that has twitter facebook youtube and and google plus yeah. and 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 it is funny that uh, uh, the world of uh, wordpress default themes uh, hasn't waken up uh, uh, to the to the fact that google plus is gone and dead mm-hmm. so absolutely there are many many examples of companies that uh, uh, are um, are 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 struggling to uh, invent uh, themselves ready for the next wave mm-hmm. um, and and um yeah google uh, google could uh, could die as well uh, uh, emiliano says that in a certain way uh, facebook is is also sh- uh, struggling and you know it is a wonderful way to define struggling if your profits uh, Go the way that uh, that facebook's uh, profits go Facebook has the, uh, the the ability of making excellent acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Many people don't realize when they say, Oh I hate facebook I, I'm all about uh, uh, Instagram that both belong to the same company uh, or or whatsapp uh, as well and um, uh, the value that uh, can be attributed to both of those uh, acquisitions is tremendous uh, and as a matter of fact uh, facebook often uh sums the uh, monthly unique users or or uh, the, the the average uh, monthly users in their analysis to uh all of the the platforms and and uh, that is why they say we have uh, 2 billion users and and, and so on mm. um but uh, yes, uh, Facebook is not uh, uh, dominating in China, for example, and uh, it could very well fail uh, in the next wave of innovation that is hopefully going to come in the world of augmented reality, where they acquired Oculus uh, for virtual reality uh, visors, and they are launching in a beta version uh, their own uh, multi-user share the virtual reality environment uh, but uh, there's no guarantee that they will be successful in the next wave and it is not going to be either apple or google or ma- who knows maybe a newcomer uh, mm-hmm. that rather than uh, agreeing to sell for many billions of dollars to the current uh, set of leaders is going to say no nope, sorry we want to fight this out and and, and maybe they will be uh, successful, staying independent, and 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 winning. Mm-hmm. So um, let's uh, talk about uh, the, the the fund. So one thing is the index. Another thing uh, is the fund. Uh, what is uh, what is the difference? And and what is a, what is a fund? And, and what kind of fund is uh, the, the the Singularity uh, Groups uh, fund? Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm sharing here once again yep. uh, the definition from Investopedia of what an investment fund is, and and they say open end, closed end, yep. uh, exchange traded funds, etc. So so, what does this all mean, and and where does uh, the the Singularity Group stand with respect of these uh, different categories?
1: Yes, and an investment fund that basically tries to be a vehicle that can collect or pool an amount of money to invest in, in, a, in a group or into a strategy. Um, in our case, it's a long-only equity strategy, so we invest only in the equity um, of listed uh, companies via a usage luck structure. I won't go further, but it's basically the most regulated um, long-only equity fund structure that you can find around. Um, and the difference between the fund and the index is really the index kind of tracks this pool of equities that we've put together with a weighting method um, and its performance on the equity market. Um, But what the fund does is it makes it investable. So without the fund as a vehicle, you have no ability to pool that money um, to then invest it into the underlying equity. Uh,
0: Because uh, then you would have to perform individually uh uh, all the movement and the and the the little things that that index is based on it is just not practical while you can buy uh, a a slice of the fund you can put in a a given amount of money in the fund Uh, however when you say it is very regulated in practice that means that if uh, one of our viewers uh, in the us or in pakistan says wow this sounds cool can i buy the fund for ten dollars or a hundred dollars, uh, probably they cannot, right?
1: Currently, not. No, we're working on ways to to change that. No, there are also country restrictions every now and then. But what you can do is get in touch with us, because uh, what we do do is is uh, tailor made investment vehicles if we have enough demand uh, for certain strategies and and certain types of investors.
0: Um, it is um, um, always uh, a question of. Uh, uh, balance, right? Uh, the regulators are saying um, that uh, what they do often or or universally is to protect uh, the, the public uh, because it would be otherwise very easy to lose uh, all their savings um, and a more cynical approach to qualify the regulators' um, uh, uh, activities is uh, that uh, they are in practice through their their rule sets giving the message if you are poor you are stupid and you should stay poor thank you goodbye <laughs> uh, because in many countries uh, there are these uh, rules that say if you are rich you are allowed to invest if you are not rich we don't even want to smell you stay away and um, what is what is your opinion is this just uh, the communist in me speaking or or uh, is is it uh, uh, crazy to believe that uh, regulators should be able to um, have uh, have more uh, more faith in 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 the uh, ability to uh, everybody and anybody to emancipate themselves and to participate in um, uh, in a, in a self-aware and conscious manner in, uh, in investment opportunities?
1: Mm. I never thought about it that way, actually. Um, uh, but you're right. A lot of the, the definitions of investors are you become a professional investor more easily if you can tick a box on how much money you have uh, or having a certain amount on your bank account. So definitely that is part of it. Um, I mean, I think there's other things that should be regulated differently and I I believe there are way too many investment vehicles still not really working in investors' interest enough um, that that actually shouldn't be around. Uh, So I think we should limit less um, the ability of investors to pick vehicles and but limit more the, the amount and, and the type of vehicles that are available out there and that way i mean you would basically protect everyone also professional investors from investing in a vehicle that really isn't in in best interest of uh, of the end investor um so the regulation should be more heavily on that versus um you know weeding away a certain type of population or people uh, from investing yeah
0: yeah that's right because uh, paradoxically Uh, if the regulators are so good, then they should be able to prevent uh, um, somebody like Madoff uh, running a a Ponzi scheme for 20 years or or how long, or they should be able to prevent uh, the uh, prime mortgage crisis, uh, which uh, uh, became uh, almost uh, uh, a systemic risk to the entire financial sector. Mm -hmm. The fact that they aren't able to do uh, uh either um, covers a pretty wide gamut of their inability to prove that the rule sets are working uh, and 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 that is why and and and, the, and that is why the the, the cynical uh, who are saying the regulators are actually only protecting the interests of the incumbents by uh, uh, making sure that uh, innovation happens uh, um, as far as uh, as possible or as slowly as possible, um, you know, um, it it should be the regulator's uh, job to prove them wrong, mm-hmm. and and I maybe haven't been paying attention, but I I don't think they they tried. It, the last wave, uh, which I am very heavily uh, invested and interested in, uh, of uh, financial innovation that the regulators. Uh, successfully stopped at least for the moment is of course around blockchain and cryptocurrencies and tokens. Um, leaving aside the easy criticism of scams and scammers uh, when we talk about honest people trying to experiment and see how a given tool set could be applied to the world of investment What is your position? What do you think, uh, what kind of uh, place uh, blockchain cryptocurrencies and tokens uh, 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 play in the near future, in in your world?
1: In my world, near future, um, those two things, I think uh, for now, cryptocurrencies could be a very valuable asset class. Because they behave certainly in some times differently than other asset classes that investors have access to. And in terms of regulation, I guess some yeah some countries do it a little differently than others. Um, I actually like the way the the Swiss kind of dealt with this um, because they they chose not to regulate too much of it. Yeah, so it, they're not regulating it away, um, but they're they're trying to kind of observe it for for a while before for the before they impose too much regulation. Although I have I know enough people that have troubles uh, getting. Uh, very good and and well-informed investment vehicles in the crypto space uh, getting them online. But I think the problem is more still getting the right amount of and the right types of investors really curious and interested enough about it to put some money on the table. Um, Mm -hmm. So but I think I think as soon as the institutional investors um, kind of warm up to this topic, I think regulators will find a way to adjust to that, at least here.
0: What are what are other technology sectors that you would highlight as uh, having proven to be drivers of value creation through innovative products and services? Because companies that are are now in the index or the fund uh, uh, have employed them, uh, and, and and examples could be and you you will tell me if that is the case: artificial intelligence, uh, digital manufacturing, and 3D printing. Um, different kinds of biotechnology or, or gene sequencing, DNA sequencing. Um, are these already uh, a concrete part of the value creation of uh, companies? Um, yep. w- would you would you confirm and what others yep. eventually as well?
1: I mean, all the ones that you mentioned, definitely we're trying to look at all of them. Uh, what I guess what we tried to do is understand how they show up and in which uh, combinations they create value as well. And what I can say from, if you ask me in your term, um, what is creating significant value or what kind of technologies is the combination, I would say. And to me, one of the exciting areas would be advanced materials or material design, uh, material recycling, because it, it uses several of these technologies that you mentioned, um, or it, it, it applies to a lot of the, the areas that you mentioned and to a lot of industries. And at the same time, also captures this uh, problem. I guess we have with uh, sustainability, um, resource availability, resource recycling, etc. So, I mean, the the way uh, I like to think about it is that a lot of problems exist in the world and how we how we do things and how we go about things, and that most of these technologies are in combination a solution and not as a standalone. So, so when when you ask me, you know, which technology? it's usually every time i'm fascinated about something happening it's usually a combination of several technologies coming together and and that's what we're kind of more trying to crystallize now um which which areas uh, really propel the, the combination of, of several technologies coming together
0: uh, you mentioned um, a crucial point uh, that will also allow us a segue into the, the the second part of our conversation because it is a theme that is, is close to your interests as well as your background and and it is that of 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 sustainability um, How do uh, the concerns of of sustainability correlate with the ability of generating uh, uh, profit based on technology and innovation? Is it uh, 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 an opposite correlation the more a company uh, believes that sustainability is, uh, is a value the less able they are to create profit uh, is it uh, neutral there can be companies that do one or the other and, and they can be innovative or not it, it is difficult to establish and specifically after establishing the relationship between do, these two sets of concepts uh, how do you make decisions uh, whether to include or exclude companies because you may want to create value, but you also want the planet to go on living. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, is, it doesn't matter how much the financial return is going to be if we are all boiled alive in a Venusian uh, atmosphere.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I would say that the whole idea of sustainability, MP, is, is about being able not only to survive, but also to thrive in, in certain uh, environments and to benefit from whatever nature or the world throws at you um, over and over again. So even if you've done something that worked in the past and doesn't anymore, with the example of Facebook, uh, you know, you might be able to reinvent yourself. And there's an element uh, there of sustainability that you have to have in your business model to be able to do that. And, I mean, in line with the bias that I have, that I believe that our approach works, um, most of the technologies, or actually all of the technologies that we look into, can be used to to solve this problem or to make a a business model more sustainable, more viable, uh, more adaptable, um, and and more resilient, um, you know, for whatever they want to do in the future.
0: uh, While I'm uh, uh, attempting to log in to my uh, thing that saves my articles here, uh, because it looks like Bloomberg doesn't want me to keep reading without paying, I don't blame them, Um, eh, I am showing uh, this uh, recent article uh, in Bloomberg that um, describes, and I haven't read it yet, I'm only seeing the the title, that uh, the... Uh, ESG funds are beating the market, where uh, ESGs are the uh, environmental, sustainable, uh, or, or sustainability uh, goals, and and uh, and uh, that is an interesting uh, uh, result. Where um, definitely, I, I agree with you that uh, that uh, people all all over the world have uh, have spoken. If we wanted to uh, embrace, and, and, and I am provocatively and, and superficially characterizing this the, the mortifying strategies of degrowth and, and um, all kinds of green messages that have been promoted very strongly, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in 40 years, we would have done so. Because an entire generation grew up and is now giving birth to a new generation and we still have not Mm -hmm. come to grips with the fact that that doing what we were told for the past 40 years is necessary. So Mm -hmm. that kind of strategy definitely failed. And that is why I think today, like you said, it is much smarter and much, hopefully, potentially, I would say necessarily successful to say you are not only doing this is because it is right, but you are doing it is because you will gain immensely from it.
1: Hmm, and I think the, the best
0: way. example, huh?
1: Sometimes because it's the only way, yeah, because you won't survive otherwise.
0: Well, yes, and 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 um, I don't know if there is a single company that uh, that uh, can say. Uh, that uh, if they fail the world will end Uh, but uh, uh, one of the companies that is able to create an enormous passion almost fanatical belief in in their ability to create great products on one hand uh, have a good uh, financial future on the other as expressed by their stock price and uh, at the same time a, a positive impact in the world is Tesla where nobody believed in electric vehicles before them and even today so many of the car makers prove they don't believe in electric vehicles by their inability to articulate a, 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 a credible EV strategy cool. and and uh, Tesla uh, is running the risk of not only being able to maintain its leadership for a very, very long time in EV production and design, but potentially to bankrupt the companies doesn't matter how famed and and admired that are not uh, buying into the future that Tesla is is uh, creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that's an interesting
1: thought process because I I don't. In the case of Tesla, I don't even see it as a competitive uh, element that is the motivator behind everything, right? Because at least for Elon Musk, or at least from what I get from him, um, he's not trying to bankrupt everyone else or impose something. He's, he's trying to do what what build something that he really wanted to to, to build for for the future of uh, of humanity, so to say. And I guess um, he, his goal wouldn't be to bankrupt the the rest of the industry. And I, I do believe that out of this, um, most uh, other car companies will take that they, they can and they should move in this direction and they might partner up with, with Tesla who, or whoever else has a, has a valuable uh, strategy there. And I don't think the whole car industry is doomed actually from this. I think it's, a, it's an amazing example of, of how sometimes uh, technology takes a while or, or innovation. And especially in this case, the combination of quite a few technologies Coming together to propel each other, waiting for a moment also in in the world uh, for uh, for these, um, these technologies to be able to be absorbed. Yeah. Um, so so I think it's a, it's a unique example with Tesla that doesn't really speak to necessarily the competitive mindset that, that you normally have in a investing uh, when thinking about investing.
0: So um, one of your passions uh, is is food, uh, and of course uh, uh, our. Uh, industrial agriculture practices are anything but sustainable Uh, they very heavily rely on ample availability of water which is not necessarily guaranteed in many regions in the world it relies on our ability to outrun uh, with pesticides the pests Uh, uh, and uh, uh, it is something that we have been able to do but at the cost of depleting uh, soil uh, and and killing desirable uh, components of soil as well Uh, and uh, producing uh, chemical fertilizer that requires uh, uh, a very large energy use uh, which in turn is uh, relying on uh, availability of oil and Mm -hmm. the the ability to keep uh, polluting. So um, even though we have uh, avoided the predictions of the Club of Rome, which in the 60s of last century uh, forecasted that by the 80s there would be widespread famine killing uh, billions of people and the Green Revolution wasn't an environmental revolution, but originally it was our ability to radically improve uh, the efficiency and the quantity of, of food production that is now effectively... Uh, feeding everybody because the lack of calories in various parts of the world uh, is not due to the lack of food, but insufficient logistics and distribution. Yep. Um, so, so um, if we uh, realize that uh, that regardless of the successes that uh, the sector had, it must radically change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where do you believe it is going to be going, and what part of this process in particular? Uh, is is close to you and and in, in your interests
1: yeah and that's why I won't say where i where we'll be going because I'm not sure it's going in the direction that I want it to go um but I think it should go in the direction of i mean one thing that you didn't mention uh, but we're all well aware of is that you know the reason things are done the way they are in the food industry are not even uh, in interest of humans and their health uh, to a large degree yeah so instead of thinking what should be produced uh, by the food industry and what we should uh, be consuming. I'm more uh, um, interested and engaged with what we shouldn't be producing and what we shouldn't be consuming and what really is harming us. Um, And if if you think about it it along the lines of what started our conversation, uh, which was the coronavirus uh, epidemic, yes, who is most affected by this it's, it's older people their immune systems are weaker but there're also a lot of people that are affected by this at younger ages and i believe and i think there's a, a some proof for this is that whoever is younger and is affected by this usually has some sort of underlying other disease and if it's not a genetic uh, variation it often is the the food they consume that gave them B type 2 diabetes coronary heart disease or something else or high blood pressure but it's really the, the food that we're eating um, and that is, every, that is still considered stock food that is supposed to be delivered to us um, now, in these, in these uh, desperate times, um, is really bad for us, most of it. And, and we kind of know it, but, but nobody feels responsible for, for really taking care of that. So,
0: I like food <laughs> and it shows. What kind of food do you like? Because it doesn't show.
1: No, I think, um, yeah, it doesn't show me yet, that's true, but I think um, I think there are healthy ways to still have, to enjoy lots of food, sugar, and all sorts of things, but I think we're not made aware of it well enough by the industry, and um, I also believe, you know, to the to the topic that you ma- uh, mentioned, there are ways along the agricultural value chain, and after food is produced, waste management, etc., um, that a lot more could be done than, than is now, that could be pretty easy, you know, and and it's not about eating less meat and and producing uh, vegan protein, etc. It's really very simple things that very simple existing technologies could tackle. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. And and, um, uh, I don't know if uh, the big uh, uh, agro uh, businesses are part of uh, the Singularity Index and Fund, uh, but uh, is it possible to nudge them towards this direction where they should be able to make uh, money and and generate profit and value for their shareholders and the investors of of investment funds without uh, um, creating unhealthy outcomes mm-hmm.
1: I think that's the only way to nudge them. I think uh, you have to create some sort of uh, monetary investment outcome for companies, and you have to prove to them that that applying a new technology and going in a certain direction will will come up with reasonably short-term kind of investment returns. And that is the that's what we're trying to work on. Yeah, we're trying to find a, a way to incentivize the, the food industry um, uh, to produce better outcomes for everyone. That doesn't mean you know stop producing certain things, but um, you know produce them differently and and have the health of humanity in your in your mind. So I think there are a lot of ways, um, but I haven't quite figured out. I think what I'm struggling with and we're trying to work on this is politics play uh, subsidies, etc. Play a, a massive role in, in the food industry, um, and so I haven't quite figured out all the incentive mechanisms that, that have led us to where we are today. I think it's in combination. You tell me what you think, David, you know, with the healthcare industry, um, that I think the food and the healthcare industry could change a lot of what's happening in the world for a better place, not in terms of just human health, but um, CO2 emissions and all sorts of problems we have in the world. Um, But I I haven't figured out how they should be working together.
0: Yeah, so so, uh, as far as agriculture is concerned, uh, there are many uh, inputs and many outputs, but uh, these can be classified and then uh, it can be uh, understood how to intervene in order to um, direct uh, both the use of, of inputs uh, as well as uh, the, the generation of our outputs in, in a desirable direction. So, yeah. for example, uh, in Europe, we do not need to increase the efficiency of the food production process Mm -hmm. because we are already producing enough food. As a matter of fact, it is almost uh, a recurring theme every summer that uh, either in Italy or Spain or wherever else, tomatoes or oranges are rotting on the trees uh, or in the the bushes because Mm -hmm. uh, the cost of collecting them and then selling them at wholesale prices uh, cannot generate a profit. So so the, the, the food producers are are better off not even trying. But what can be done and, and has been done in many places is to actually uh, invest more money in order to increase the quality of the food. And the slow food movement uh, was born uh, from that. And there are a lot of uh, uh, interesting uh, initiatives that have proven that consumers are Uh, ready to actually pay more for food that they are perceiving as as of higher quality. Now, uh, another component that I would mention with this regard is uh, uh, the EU Common Agricultural Policy, uh, which is a seven-year beast that uh, is uh, is then rolled out and then uh, implemented measured and then improved for the next uh, 7 year cycle. And uh, next year is uh, uh, coming out in a in a new variant. And what is very interesting about it is that it completely changes the way that uh, uh, the member uh, states in the EU are required to charge um, the uh, uh, the uh, the growers and um, the industry is involved in, in producing either um, uh, vegetables for human consumption or, or as uh, animal feed the, the, the way that they are charged for water because mm-hmm. today uh, it is pretty primitive and absurd uh, uh, every um, farmer is uh, given um, an allotted amount of time and then they are allowed and as a matter of fact incentivized to take as much water as they can in that amount of time and it doesn't matter if it is already raining it doesn't matter if their plants need it at the time they will take it because then for typically a couple of weeks they are not allowed to take more more water so uh Plains are flooded, water is wasted because it goes in evaporation a lot, or actually the plants are harmed because they receive too much water. Yeah. And, and instead, what the new policy is going to uh, impose is to charge farmers, as it is logical and reasonable, by the volume of water that they are using. Mm-hmm. And this will uh, lead to very large investments in technologies that will enable farms to deliver water um, at the right time at the right place um, and and uh, with feedback mechanisms that will will produce uh, better uh, plants uh, that are more nutritious that need Mm -hmm. less pesticides and it is expected that water consumption uh, in the agricultural sector in Europe will uh, decrease between uh, 30 and and 50 percent or even or even more.
1: Yeah, what you're talking
0: uh, about. And uh, uh, Giovanni is is remarking here because uh, Giovanni and I are actually involved uh, in in a project together that aims to uh, give uh, farmers the ability uh, to have an integrated dashboard for managing all the various technologies that mm. uh, that uh, are are needed here.
1: I'd like to speak to him then afterwards, because I think, I mean, what, what you're basically suggesting is, and this can be done not only for water, but for anything, is matching supply with demand. And I mean, we have some technologies that can help us with that big data, artificial intelligence, etc. You can better, um, you know, estimate what the demand of anything would be. Uh, you know, you can start from consumer demand, given a, a certain population uh, uh, growth, etc. Over a certain time, you can produce less food or more because of that, and you can match your water supply, your seed supply, your fertilizer supply. You can match everything with that, and you can create way more efficiency in the f- food industry along every step of the value chain by by applying those kind of technologies
0: Uh, are you at uh, EXO world uh, tomorrow uh, Evelyn
1: I am not actually but uh, tell me well
0: uh, 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 EXO world uh, is a three-day digital summit and extravaganza uh, organized uh, by open EXO which uh, is uh, the the the, the group uh, created by Salim Ismail uh, the founding executive director of uh, of Singularity University and uh, I am showing uh, this URL because um, uh, that uh, allows you to, to buy a ticket that is uh, way, way discounted. Not free, which I think is healthy because uh, uh, with uh, billions of people in lockdown, uh, uh, we have to uh, prove that there is a role for economically sustainable digital events. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only today, but also tomorrow, right? Right. And, and um, we will see if uh, EXO World is, is, is a good example and, and how to emulate it or, or improve on, on what it offers. But I'm also showing it because uh, if you want to meet uh, Giovanni, who uh. Uh, uh, lives in Milan in complete lockdown and uh, you wouldn't be able uh, to, to, to meet him uh, in, the, in the physical world for, for some time, but uh, he will participate at uh, exo world so you will be able to to seek him out uh, among the participants and uh, and the conference goes on for three days Uh, i'm speaking uh, on the second day on april 15 at uh, 8 pm ish european time and uh, and uh, if you can uh, come it is on a very cool platform that actually allows um a lot of interaction so you are not just there uh, sitting and watching a video on the, on the screen but a little bit like we are doing now uh, you can mm-hmm. talk with other participants uh, there are networking sessions breakout sessions uh, exhibition booths uh, all kinds of, uh, of cool things that are a digital version of uh, what a physical conference otherwise uh, would be uh, there are already things that I know I would do differently, like uh, there's no reason to have the three days consecutive. The reason we did that in the past is because somebody would fly and then they wouldn't fly yeah, yeah. home the, the day uh, ends uh, to fly back uh, the day after. But now that events are digital, we don't need those days to be one after another, right? It could be differently structured. But um, we, will, we will find uh, what works, what doesn't work. It is a question really of, of, of experimenting. So um, uh, we are at the end of, uh, of our hour together and uh, I, I had a lot of uh, fun. If uh, um, our viewers would like to uh, get in touch, what is the, the best way to do that? And, and what um, should they do? Um, if if they um, want to learn more about uh, the approach that that you represent
1: yeah get in touch i think for both of those Uh, happy to get in for everyone to get in touch with me either via the website and the contact uh, information there or me ep at singularity-group.com and very curious about uh if i don't meet giovanni at the exo world um, get in touch
0: with me this way. Perfect. let me let me display that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, our viewers uh, can uh, directly write to you via via email that is uh, certainly uh, a cool way of uh, establishing a contact uh, after after uh, an interaction like this. So mm-hmm. uh, Evelyn, uh, thank you very much for being uh, with us today. I'm looking forward to following the adventures of the Singularity Group as well as uh, you directly in the future.
1: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. So, um, uh, thank you uh, everybody for uh, following uh, our our show. Uh, I am uh, going to put my teleprompter for reading the closing notes. Let's see how it goes. Thanks for watching uh, the episode of uh, Searching for the Question Live and uh, for your remarks and questions and opinions. Uh, I want to remind you to please join our Discord uh, community uh, to further discuss uh, what are the themes that are covered in our episodes. And if you enjoy Searching for the Question Live, uh, to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash david orban and i will see you tomorrow at our next
1: episode thank you and bye bye